One, two, three. Always a delay. Um, hello, everybody. <laughs> Hi. We're doing <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we're we're doing something else again, and uh, you know, we're just trying to get ourselves. I don't know. We're just having fun. Um, so this is a fun one. And uh, we want to know the other person's take on something. And so uh, uh, that's uh, pretty much as far as I've thought of it. And I just, I guess uh, I'm Ryan. And I'm Harland. We are Doddlers. And this is Doddlers Philosophy Podcast Shorts! Shorts now, because our other episodes, tip our typical episodes, their pants are very long pants. <laughs> not, I mean, they're not pleated, they're not fancy, but they're lengthy. Uh, you know, typically over two hours. We really want to dig into some ideas, go in depth, have interesting discussions, give the ideas some room to breathe. Yeah. But we thought maybe. Why not? We got the whole fucking setup. We might as well add some reasonable length episodes for those of you who don't have time for to get into two hours and 40 minutes about emergence while you're on the bus to work. And if the conversation gets to be too loose, we'll just change the name to skirt or not skirts, but kilts. God damn it. Damn it. Blew it again. Fucking Christ. Anyway. Edit it out. <laughs> so, yeah, then we thought, like, in the short episodes, we like, how do we do a theme? Let's do, what's your take on X? And then we can rap about something for a little while. See how it goes. Mm. So, something that's been on my mind lately that I have a take on. I don't know if Ryan has a take on it. But... There's a cliche in America 2018 that I think is kind of the status quo opinion about this. Ooh, opinion. Um, (laughs) Which is, the cliche goes, everyone has a right to their opinion. Have you heard this? You know about this? Are you talking to me or our listeners? Talking to you. You're the only one here. Oh, well. 6.7 listeners. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. I have. Yeah, so I'm wondering, what's your take on everyone has a right to their opinion? And I'm glad I asked, because (laughs) I have a take on it. And I guess I might as well start, because I've got something to say. And then you can address that, come up with your own, whatever. Okay. Every time I hear that phrase... My chimp gets a little bit agitated. 
I have a very, a relatively strong automatic reaction in opposition to the attitude that everyone has or everyone should have a right to hold and or express an opinion. For me, I'm mostly just interested in them having the opinion in the first place, whether or not it is obviously and explicitly expressed in any given circumstance, because it seems to countenance stupidity. It seems to my chimp that if we, if our in a society that has the general attitude, eh, you know, we might not agree about this, but everyone has a right to their opinion, that that is likely to allow to make anyone, there's too much comfort here, there's too much ep epistemic comfort. Anyone can just think whatever they want, say whatever they want, and behave based upon it. And because I also think pretty holistically, that for the most part, human beings have a doxology, a belief set, that all affects each other and either does or might affect any given behavior at any moment. So, though this is an oversimplification, for the sake of argument, I think we could describe human behavior as something along the lines of beliefs plus circumstances equals action. Most people have a bunch of beliefs or opinions. I think for the sake of this episode, we'll skip that distinction and use belief and opinion as interchangeable. And they are placed in circumstances, then based on what they believe, they behave. If they believe they're hungry and there's a restaurant over there they enjoy, they'll put their right turn signal on and pull in, etc. So, if everyone has a right to their opinions, it seems as though the rest of us ought not, can't, it's somehow a faux pas to really push back on any of those. There's like, it's always an out for someone to say, hey, I have a right to my opinion, and I'm going to keep believing in it. And it is a detriment to the resolution of arguments, among other things. What's the alternative, right? All right, if you don't like that, what do you think we should do instead? My suggestion is, what if everywhere and to the extent that our society has an everyone has a right to their opinions attitude, what if we shifted to an everyone has a responsibility to justify their opinions attitude? I think I find those two relatively equivalent counterweights to one another. And I would be arguing that we should move towards an everyone has a responsibility to justify opinions attitude. What do you think? I agree. No. <laughs> Sorry. Wah, wah. Um, yeah, no, I think, uh, I think it's a reasonable position that you're taking as, hey, What's the alternative, jackass? And you're like, well, I'll tell you. Responsibility. But when I think of that, I, I think the thing that jumps out to me, especially in the context upon which you 
give it or whatever is that the word rights because i kind of think it's it seems to be on the one hand I, I i filter it down in one direction and on the other hand i completely understand the interpretation that you've taken so it's kind of like you can think of it as uh you know these their rights are like protections under the norms of society or something. You were talking about epistemic comfort, that the people, hey, I have a right to my opinion, like I can be here, damn it. And uh, more or less what I think you're attempting to say is, yes, you can be here, but you've got to like kind of, you can't just stand in the way and criticize everybody. You got to pick up, you know, some of these bags and throw them on the, levy so that the dam or the the water doesn't break over the side you got to help you can't be just in the way just spouting out shit you know whatever but i also think there's another direction i kind of think about when i think of the idea of people having rights to their own opinions rights to their opinions whatever their own sounds a little redundant but then again i guess it could be their father's opinions so there's Rights, and then I kind of think of the entitlements direction and sort of the idea of, like, deserving. So should people be defended by the state for their opinions? I don't think so. Should they be attacked by the state for their opinion? Like, Trump is a, Trump is a piece of shit, and I think he's orange, and I don't like it. No, I don't think people should be attacked by the state or whatever. So I don't think rights hits into that echelon or whatever. But can people's opinions be attacked by other fellow citizens? I think so. I don't I don't have an issue with that. Do, but here's my big one. Do people deserve their opinions? I think they do. Because if their opinions are crap, they don't deserve a better one because they didn't do anything to get it. You know, like no time and no effort was put into having one uh, or a good one, one that's convincing to anyone else like Harland. Um, so if you can't justify what you're saying, is it? Is it even an opinion? Um, that was kind of the, the approach that I took. And so can people stand there in the way and just spout off shit and just be like, no, you're putting the bags on the wall wrong and now we're all going to die or whatever, I guess. What is this a reference to? You're putting the bags on the wall? What? I was trying to like cross my metaphors or whatever. But, you know, just the idea that somebody's just in the way, more or less, with their rights to have an opinion. You know, they're just on the chat room or they're just on Twitter or whatever, and they're just sort of like, I think you're an idiot, you know, and, you know, I have rights to my opinion and I deserve to be here in this forum or I, I am entitled or or I uh, there are protections for me that I can be here or something like that. That's kind of how I see this whole thing is that there's some underlying format to conversing that says yes you can come into this area and be just a jerk or just whatever have your opinions about things and not really explain them in any way rhetoric schmetoric anyway so that's kind of what i was thinking when i hear the rights thing so i think yeah people does they they can show up and say nothing because they you know they don't have anything of quality to provide and you just ignore them and keep going. But it depends on the context, because there's other contexts we could talk about that you have provided in other areas that I think are a better way to kind of 
leverage this conversation, and that is, I'm glad you asked. This conversation between Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's in trouble, and Richard Dawkins, who's always in trouble. And it was a conversation between the two of them in Tyson's office or something like that. Essentially, I think Dawkins just wanted to know what, what's your take, basically, to Tyson. That you know, what, what's your take on an astronomer who, in their math, uh, mathematical formulations of whatever the problems are that they're working on, they include the idea that that the universe is, you know, thirteen to fourteen billion years old, and yet secretly, when they go home, they, you know, think that the universe is actually just six thousand years old because they're devout. Christian or something like that, or they have this literal interpretation of some, I don't remember that dude's name who interpreted the, you know, things as 6,000 Bishop years Usher, old. I think. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, you know, and then they came up with a bunch of other ones, like a geographer who secretly thinks that the earth is flat or these kinds of things. And I would say, you know, that was kind of where I, you know, you, you broke it down into whether or not you know, you have sort of a libertarian view, which is kind of the more the one that I take and the one that Tyson took. And then there was the, I don't remember what you called the other one. What is the other one called? Well, okay, so right. There was this example with Dawkins and Tyson, and they were going over those examples. And Dawkins is the sort that was saying, well, I think that astrophysicist should be fired. Yeah. If he thinks that the Earth is 6,000 years old, he he's uh too he's benighted from the facts or whatever. Uh and I was calling that the censorious position. Sure. Okay. That that was which good. I described as we as a community should impose social costs on doxastic reprobates, on those individuals who have who hold opinions that we as a community consider to be somehow beyond the pale. As opposed to Tyson, who's more of a libertarian in this sense. I was just inventing, using the word libertarian for this position. We as a community should accommodate maximal doxastic freedom. Exemplified by the phrase, well, I don't care what he believes. As long as he still does the math right and his paper is, you know, I'll publish it or I don't care. What if, how, how... old he thinks the earth is, or as Tyson says, what he does on Sunday. We just choose, we don't care about those things as long as they are successfully fulfilling their social role, then believe whatever you want. So that would be the libertarian view. And the censorious view is the sort that I was exemplifying in my take near the beginning, that I think we need to know we shouldn't just let people believe whatever they want. We need to impose some social costs on these people so that they feel a pressure to hold defensible beliefs. Because I believe in, I like arguments, and I think that people should be able to argue for the things that they think. Why? Because they owe that to me because we live on the same spaceship, and what they do either does or might affect me, and what they do is affected by what they believe, so that's how I'm connected to their beliefs, through their actions and their alterations of my world. 
And so I feel as though they quote-unquote owe me an explanation for their beliefs. So that kind of gets us into general talk about rights, perhaps, which we can't dig into too far in a short episode. But I'm not basing this in any sense on a belief that there are such things as rights. I don't think that rights are part of quote-unquote reality. I don't believe in natural rights, etc. That's not the point. What I think is there is rhetoric about rights that people use, and again, this back to Nietzsche, check out episode 14 to look at this attitude, (laughs) that there's these various uh, vocabularies that people employ at different times for different purposes of influence, control, etc., and that that's what rights talk is all about. So as long as there's rights talk, that's enough to concern me. And likewise, I don't think that there really are responsibilities. There's no metaphysical sense in which they owe me anything. But my point, my argument would be that we as a society would be better off if we used more epistemic responsibility talk than doxastic permissibility rights talk. The only thing I'm getting hung up on is the structure of this dichotomy and not that it's necessarily a dichotomy, but the two prong situation. Um, because it just get it's, it, there are some ugly precedents that, that the whole we'll fire the man kind of, cause he believes, you know, the earth is 6,000 years old or whatever you know, even though he does his job just fine, right? That's the whole, you know, is that a part of the premise that you would accept or is that a premise? He does his job really just just fine, but he believes the earth is 6,000 years old and you think he owes you an explanation for why he thinks the earth is 6,000 years old, right? Yeah. Okay, so then what if, like, there was a time, and I don't know what the situation is now, but the ugly precedent is like the... Well, you know, Jim does a good job, but it's, you know, this is, this is 1950. And, you know, we have found out, you know, he's, he's never been married and he just has a, you know, kind of a way about him. And then apparently, uh, you know, Joe said he saw him kissing a man. We can't have him work here. You know, he does his job great, but he owes me an explanation. Like, you know, what, what's going on here? Are you, are you gay, Jim or whatever? And I kind of think that somebody like Neil deGrasse Tyson's position is like, look, I don't care what you do in your free time. You come to work on time. You do a good job. That's fine with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I can see that, you know, it, this is just another, I don't know if this is just another version of that, but I can see that's an ugly precedent to then have where you're like, well, fire the man because he believes the earth is 6,000 years old or whatever. Another thing I think about is like that movie Yentl with Barbara Streisand and Mandy Patinkin where she's, uh, Yentl, the Barbara Streisand character, is taught by her father the, uh, the you know from the Talmud or whatever, and that was forbidden in their community. So her dad dies and she's already had, uh, there was a brother who died earlier. And so 
now she's kind of alone and she and she turns herself into a boy just by you know the way she dressed and behaved or whatever and then goes to a you know Jewish religious school or whatever you know and as a woman she'd never be able to go and do the studies because of the community and all the rules about that um and of course you know drama ensues from there with the love triangle and all that kind of stuff but that is another thing where it's like well but what if she's really good at religious studies i don't know if that works in that way but what if she's a great rabbi despite the fact that her community says otherwise or whatever i know these are all like you know shed a tear and you know kind of like they they're sort of um Joan of Arc style kind of <laughs> explanations or whatever. But I'm just saying like, it seems to me like what you're saying about that person who thinks the earth is 6,000 years old should at least be, you know, fired if they don't have a good explanation, which I'm guessing that you expect they don't. I'm just saying, look, well, but then that's just this all over again. So, okay. I have a f- uh, couple of things to say about that, but first a disclaimer that I do not, join Dawkins in calling for these people to be fired. What I'm advocating is just a sort of vague social milieu thing about, like an example that I use is your family gets together around the Thanksgiving dinner table and there might, and that orange guy might come up or something. Some hot button issue topic, politics, religion, whatever these people, and it comes up and one of the family members expresses an opinion that some other family member doesn't share, and there is at least a temporary dispute, one of the ways in America 2018 those types of disputes often end, not resolve, because I'd like if they resolved in the sense of they reached a genuine agreement. What episode was that? Sorry. <laughs> oh, I think that, I mean, episode 10, everybody needs to listen to that one. It has a lot of this stuff in it. All right. They will often end in things like, well, you know, whatever. Uh, Everybody has a right to their opinion or, uh, in my family at least, they'll say, oh, isn't it a beautiful day outside? Just as a (laughs) distraction technique, whatever. They just like, end this. And those are the sorts of situations that I'm talking about. I think instead, in my epistemic pressure responsibility environment, it would be more like, well, I agree it's time to do the dishes so we can stop now, but I want you to know that you have not convinced me. I don't think you have a good justification for that opinion, and you need to work on it. Or something like, if you want to go ahead, if you want to walk around thinking that, fine, but in my opinion, you owe us a better argument about, you know, that there's just some kind of pressure rather than a release valve of, well, you can believe whatever you want. But I don't want people to be fired about it. Okay. So, but secondly, it's just an honor oh, thing, right? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Geez, secondly. Okay. Well, I was going to then address your examples in the first place uh, about the. Because I agree that is undesirable. I don't want there to be a community that says, you can't work in my mechanic shop because of your sexual orientation. Why do I think that shouldn't happen? At least two reasons. One, I don't accept morality of any sort. And I think those are typically moral 
justifications, but I do accept epistemic justifications. So that, and, you know, we can dispute about that too if one wants, but I think that almost everyone is willing to accept that there are better and worse reasons, arguments, justifications, etc. for opinions, but not everyone is willing to accept moral claims like homosexuality is wrong. So that's part one. Part two is even if, so lay that aside, say we accept that, I want to stress a sort of relevance point. Where, where's your argument that sexual orientation is relevant to car repair? I haven't yet seen one of those, but I do have arguments that people's opinions and their levels of justification affect their actions, which then affect the rest of us and their and change the course of history. So I think that another difference is that my request, my version, has a direct relevance between what I'm asking, the pressure to be applied, and the outcome. I sometimes think that, you know, it's like with the atom bomb or whatever, or, you know, with deeper understanding of the atom. On the one hand, it really gives us this great, uh, we could, could we could have nuclear power. But on the other hand, we can blow, or, blow ourselves up or whatever. Same thing with, like, dynamite. We can blow ourselves up, but we can also, like, blow a bunch of other stuff up, which helps us make things that we want to do or whatever, build the railroads or something like that. And some of the tools that you talk about, I just think in the wrong hands would be a fucking disaster, <laughs> you know? And and that's sort of the thing that I sometimes think about when we talk about these things. I'm like, man, it, with you, sure. But with other people, it's the, you know, I mean, this, it, it was the eugenics is another one that kind of comes yeah. to mind. I, I get yeah. it. And I'm sensitive to that too. That's one of the luxuries of reformers is that we can lay out programs without having to <laughs> deal with all possible extraneous negative consequences, whereas status quos, actualities, programs that are in place, you get to see their negatives quite clearly. Yeah. So, sure. I, yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Nevertheless... Oh man, we don't get to dawdle very much. No, we gotta go. <laughs> short episode. We have to go. We're used to talking for two and a half hours, and now it's like, oh god, it's thirty minutes. I know it, it happened really fast. Yep. Jesus. Maybe we'll revisit this topic. But anyway, so there, there's an attempt at a <laughs> at a short dawdle. Short dawdle, everyone. Bye.
Thank you. 